We're not leaving, though. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So we're getting started. Hey, guys. It's Megan Collins from Style Girlfriend. I'm here with Taylor Davies. Hi. We have a lot to talk about. Most importantly, and most bitterly, no, <laughs> is SG Madness. SG Madness 2018 concluded this week. I'm so excited that you guys had as much fun with it as you did. Uh, Taylor, tell us about our winner. Tell us who the people chose. The people chose the Gauze. <laughs> Ryan Gosling is our 2018 SG Madness champion, much to both mine and Megan's chagrin. <laughs> Look, we never said that he doesn't have great style. It just didn't feel like his year. Like, it feels like when The Shape of Water won over Get Out. Actually, it feels a lot like that. Where, I'm not saying The Shape of Water was not a great film. I haven't seen it. But I like, saw it. I thought it was just okay. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. Like, Ryan Gosling, he's like... It's, it's like a game theory kind of thing. Where it's like, he might not be your top choice. But he, like, pleases enough people that I feel like he won. Because it was... I don't know, like, because he was good enough for, sure. for I more mean, people. He's the crowd pleaser. Yeah. He's playing Michael Jackson at the wedding. He's, like, you know, serving pizza late night to anyone. Nobody's going to be that mad at it. Yeah. But could you serve something more exciting? Right. Tacos. Could you play Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> there's, there's more exciting stuff out there. Could have been a little different, but we have to say... Congratulations. Congratulations. The people have spoken. Yes. So the people chose Ryan Gosling over Michael B. Jordan. I had thought it was Michael B. Jordan's first year. It wasn't. Oh. Um, it, I think he was in it last year, but he only made it. He made it through a couple rounds. Yeah. But he also didn't have as big of a year last year. Like, he just wasn't out there as much. But this year, obviously, he was really out there for Black Panther. And he looked great, and he took a lot of choices, which is why I liked him. And it feels like, yeah, it feels like he's having a moment. And I think that what I always... Um, maybe forget about with the style girlfriend audience is they are much more of like a legacy voter. <laughs> like I do think that they vote like based on like past achievements, maybe more than I would. Interesting. And I think they also vote accessible over aspirational. That and, totally makes sense. And that's like fine. We, I mean, on style girlfriend all the time, we talk about the idea of like style should be accessible, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I think when it comes to celebrity stuff, I think that is when you get to have some fun and, like, try some things that other people wouldn't have access to because, like, something like a black watch double-breasted tuxedo that Michael B. Jordan wore to the Met Gala last year, like, you're not going to find that at J. Crew. Like, they don't like that in the Ludlow. And so, on the one hand, I can see how it would feel inaccessible or not off-putting, but it would be like, I don't relate to that. But on yeah. the other, I think there's something really fun about like, that's what celebrity culture is for, is looking yeah. at the stuff that you're like, I couldn't necessarily do it myself, but, like, it's cool to look at. And maybe it even just gives me the idea to wear a double-breasted blazer. Might be navy, might be charcoal, but you're going to try, like, something that you wouldn't have because you saw this famous person doing it in a more extreme way. Yeah, I feel like celebrity style should inspire, like, a little bit of, um, as one commenter kept using this word, and I love it so much, is whimsy when you're dressing. Mm -hmm. I love the word whimsy, but, like... I think seeing celebrities wear something interesting that, like, maybe, sure, you couldn't afford it. Maybe yours won't be, like, custom designed just for you because that all that red carpet stuff can be inaccessible because it's custom. But to take one element, like you said, like it's something double-breasted that you wouldn't have picked before, and then saying, hey, I think maybe I could try something like that. I, too, have broad shoulders or a narrow right. waist or, like, 
whatever the case may be, if you see a little bit of yourself in this celebrity, you might be able to glean something. And I think that's our hope with SG Madness is like, yeah, it's like fun. It's just like fun to vote and like fun to play along. But also we want to like give you that inspiring factor too. Right. And I guess I would just be curious who out there has gone out and like bought a jean jacket because they saw Ryan Gosling wearing it. Like, did yeah. you guys really not own a jean jacket already? Like, I guess that's what I'm I think there's about. a lot of guys who feel weird about jean jackets specifically. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. I so think they're I mean, an interesting touch point for guys. Hmm. Hugely. Interesting. Yeah. Because that to me was sort of the sticking point is like, what is Ryan Gosling, do- Gosling doing that other people aren't? But maybe that is it. Because, I mean, to me, it's he wears boots and t-shirts and and a jean Chinos jacket. And a jean jacket. And that doesn't feel like anything that people aren't already doing. But tell me about this theory and men in jean jackets. Well, I just feel like the guys that I have, like, spoken to openly about, like, when we're just, like, talking about style, they it's one of the first things they ask about is, like, what, like, what do you think about jean jackets and leather jackets? Oh. Jean jackets and leather jackets, oh. I feel like guys who um, are curious about style often ask me about, and I'm, like, okay, I'm 100% in for both. But I think what they where they waver is picking the right style and then figuring out, obviously, what to wear it with. And this is, not surprisingly, this is, like, the foundation of Style Girlfriend. This is, like, what it's for. But I think with jean jackets, women sort of love this sort of, like, Canadian tuxedo vibe. Like, it doesn't scare us to mix denim on denim. Like, right. jeans with a denim shirt. Jeans with a jean jacket. And I think guys are sort of like, can I do that? Whatever. That's what I've found. So mm-hmm. my hot take is... Make sure the denim is different colors sure. and, yes. and you're on and the you're, go. you're done. You've yep. done it. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I'm, <laughs> I didn't know that, which is weird. No one has ever asked me, like, can I pull off a denim jacket? If it just feels like, of course you can. So I guess hmm. if, yeah. if this SG Madness has brought us anything, it's the understanding that more guys need to feel comfortable owning their outerwear. Yeah. And now is the perfect season for the, like, we're coming into oh, yeah. jean jacket season. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah, it's perfect for spring. So, yeah. congratulations, Ryan Gosling. And congratulations, Gabby. Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, again, I, I'm going to miss dragging Gabby for this strategic choice of hers, but it was so cynical. Yeah. And then it, like. Mm, she and was then right. It, it worked out for she her. Right. So, God bless. Mm-hmm. I want to jump into, uh, we're recording this on Thursday. This will go up first thing next week. Today, 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 as we're recording this, uh, we put up a piece on Style Girlfriend about online shopping and talked a little bit about something I've been thinking about a lot. And I'm going to try to talk through this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm dragging anyone. Okay. It's going to come off that way. And I guess maybe I am. So that's just my, (laughs) I'm just shooting up those flares now. I'm really interested in sort of AI as it relates to fashion because that's something that a lot of people are getting into. And I I certainly understand the desire for machine learning to help us in all kinds of myriad ways. Yeah. Personal style does not necessarily seem suited to be supported by AI. So I would argue that it's really important to have like a high touch, have high touch support when it comes to building your wardrobe because you are a unique snowflake and you have not only a specific body type and budget, but you also have like unique insecurities about your, you know, hair color and your ability to pull off a jean jacket or whatever, whatever. And that is not necessarily, I don't know how you incorporate that into machine learning. So 
a really specific example is the Amazon Echo Look. Sure. Is a product that came out a while ago, and I now have been seeing a bunch of like influencer marketing for it. Yeah. Like I've been seeing different female, mostly female fashion bloggers, doing ads for it, like doing branded content. Yeah. And it's all felt really awkward and really bizarre to me. And actually, just before we started recording this, you brought up a really good point that it was like, why would they even be doing it with fashion bloggers? Like, the point of fashion bloggers is that they don't need a product like that. Yeah. And how Amazon Echo looks look works is you take you have this machine that's like 200 bucks or something yeah but you it's like very phallic looking you like put it on your dresser yeah. and you're like hey Amazon like take a picture of me okay now I'm gonna whatever put on a different outfit okay now take a picture of me okay now tell me what outfit to wear and the Amazon talks about how it's like AI supported but like there's like human connection in there somewhere I don't really know how that works but basically then like it spits out an answer and it's like oh wear the outfit with the jean jacket and Everything I've seen, again, just from the, at least from the influencer marketing side, has been, uh, it, it, there's such a disconnect for me. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm just curious what you think, like what place you think that computers have like in online shopping, because I think there's certainly, not computers, but like computer technology, certainly there's places where it can help, right? Like. There is data learning that can say, yeah. okay, if you really, you know, if you're this way, you know, you're this tall and you're this body type, whatever, then maybe the Bonobos Riviera shirt's going to be perfect <laughs> for you, right? Like, that is, that's possible, but I think right. it's hard when it actually comes into personal style, not just e-commerce, I guess. I agree. I agree 100% because I think it's something where like, oh, okay, if you create a profile on a website like Eastane or like, or something that's just a brand like Bonobos and you always consistently buy certain sizes, then you like, I feel like the idea of getting an email saying like, hey, like you typically buy button down shirts in this size and these pants, have you seen what's new? That makes sense to me yeah. because that's just data driven and, and certainly not, that's not really AI. And to, I don't, to be honest, don't know a ton about AI. I find it kind of frightening. But my thought is that basically I think personal style is one of the most important ways you express who you are as a person outwardly to the world. And I think that removing the personal process that you take on to select your clothing and go out dressed is a little bit it's scary. I, I Well, scary – Sad, maybe, is the word I'm looking for. I don't for. think scary is overseeding it. I'm terrified of like, like what if Skynet we, like <laughs> happening in real yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want to be like the sheeple who eventually, like, the AI is like uh, slowly but surely pushing you and everyone else that's using it into a certain way of dressing. So, like, you know, the idea is that, like, oh, like a hundred years in the future, if everybody's been using the style, eventually we're all wearing the same thing because we've been gently coaxed into it by our artificial intelligence telling us it's like our style do you know what I mean like yeah. slowly like it happens so slowly you can't see it like what's that thing you boil the frog in the water like you gradually yeah. turn up the heat until they don't know something like that and I think yeah I think you're right machine learning does have a place for a lot of different things especially I think with like medical stuff and I feel like the idea that we could use it to help cure diseases and like whatever I feel like personal style is one of those things where like let us be yeah let us dress ourselves and I think uh I want to keep seeing people using fashion as this like self-expression, not as something that they tossed off to a computer because they can't be bothered. 
Yeah, I, th- I think that last point is something that really resonates with me because there is a sense of agency over being the one to ultimately make the decision for yourself. Yeah. I'm all for support when it comes to personal style. That's literally what style girlfriend's about, right? Yeah, exactly. Giving you the tools and the information and the like enthusiastic pat on the back to say like, Hey, go out and try again, whatever, a jean jacket. You might like it. You might not, but it ultimately I think should be up to the person wearing the clothes to decide, do I like this? Do I not? Do I want to buy it? Yeah. Uh, and when it feels like that's, yes, that agency is being slowly sort of like it's coming off your shoulders, it is too easy to say like, well, this isn't important or this doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it up to someone else. That's one way of going about things. But I think there's merit in being like, I know what I like. Yeah. And, and learning that, right? Like learning it along the way. I think just like anything else. Learning it yourself, not teaching it to a machine. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's cooking. It's... Uh, uh, like driving a car, like there's merit in being able to do things for yourself. And I think being able to dress yourself in a way that makes you feel empowered and attractive, I think there's merit in figuring out how to do that. Again, it doesn't mean you can't have support along the way. I think it makes more sense to have it be human support. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's crazy to me. I think that the idea that we're even talking about having to say that doing those things is important is strange. Because to me, that's like, that's being a person. That's growing into yourself, that's what, I don't know, that's what life is about in a lot of ways is learning how to do things and adapting to your environment and kind of becoming a person throughout your life by, and that involves style. It involves cooking. Like you said, it involves school. It involves your career, sports, like friends, relationships, all of that stuff. And I think, I mean, if it were up to me, I would just like throw machine learning out the window in every way, except can it cure disease or like figure out an economic structure that can lift people out of poverty. Other than that, like, can we just do us? <laughs> Is that? <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I Oh, I wanted to read this. I pulled this from Fortune. They were talking about this app, Purple. Pure I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like the word pure, but purple. Scary. I don't like that. Super scary. It looks like pure and people together, and that seems scary. <laughs> but they, yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> so Fortune, they said, a YouTube blogger took its suggestions. It, it was like a similar app to the Echo Look. Okay. A YouTube blogger took its suggestions at face value for a week and was moderately impressed with its choices in spite of what she described as tedious upkeep. So if we're at moderately impressive and tedious upkeep, if that's where we are with fashion AI, I'd say, like, maybe let's just put it on the shelf for another couple of years and get yeah. back to it. I feel like that's the touch point you need is inspiration and tips and a permission structure, as you've mentioned in um, podcast past, and then letting everybody go out into the world and have their own agency. Yes. And also, tedious upkeep. Tedious doesn't upkeep sound- doesn't sound good in any regard for anything no. ever, ever. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe as it gets smarter as the as the robots <laughs> become our overlords like maybe it'll be better or more you you know have more utility well, I, I just know. hope it doesn't <laughs> maybe not I'm so afraid <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean I think it's that they're just trying Amazon Google and like basically those two companies are just trying to in a race to take over our lives and become like the most important digital platform in our lives I guess Ugh, it is terrifying. Scary. God, this got really dark really quick. Mm-hmm. Well, let's mm-hmm. move on to something a little more positive. Okay, cool. We got a reader question this week 
keep them coming, by the way. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Please keep emailing and DMing and however you're getting in touch. Right, exactly. Because I still have not bothered to figure out the voice <laughs> recording thing, I'll be honest. Also, then I'd have to, like, cut it into the po- – I don't know. All right. Keep keep DMing us, basically. Yeah. They're, they're open. Yeah. So we had a reader, and basically he just said, do you have any general advice on how to shoot your shot? Mm-hmm. So, Taylor, I had to explain this to you. You didn't know who Shea Serrano was, which I, like, didn't even know you could be on Twitter and not know who, like, Shea Serrano and Chrissy Teigen are. Like, I feel like I, I feel was, like you would, if I were to, like, open up my Twitter feed and let you scroll through it, you'd be like, huh? Really? Kind of. I just follow, like, media Twitter. What's your feed? I mean, yeah, it's a lot of media Twitter, but then I also feel like a lot of my feed is your feed. (laughs) Because we interact with each other's Twitter so much that, like, so much of my feed is, Megan Collins liked this. Style girlfriend retweeted this. Megan Collins follows so-and-so. I'm like, okay, I guess my feed is Megan Collins' feed. And yet, somehow, given all of that, I have no idea who Shea Serrano is. So please, tell me, tell the people... So, uh, I'm sure most of the people know our, oh. um, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm really, I'm like dragging left and right today. Shea Serrano is a writer for The Ringer, for uh, Bill Simmons' The Ringer, previously at Grantland, like, he's a sports writer, okay. sports pop culture writer, mm. um, and he's, he seems lovely, like, he just seems like the friend that everybody would want to have, oh, okay. and I think that's why he's, like, developed this kind of cult following he's written a couple books now mm. they've been bestsellers mm. based like almost solely on just him mobilizing his twitter army and he like he acts like he's petty but he's not like he's always doing nice things he's always doing like gofundmes for like people that need it and oh. people just do like his like his followers are just like yeah man like here's ten dollars for like that traffic crossing guard at your kid's school it's crazy married? yeah he's married he has two three really cute kids two twins and like a little baby with like it's like a boy, but he has like long hair. It's mm. so cute. Mm. Uh, and his wife is lovely. We interviewed her for Style Girlfriend, actually. I'll oh, have cool. to put up the link. Yeah. Okay. She's like a photographer and he's super obsessed with her. Like she's really pretty and he's just like, like just thinks she's the best thing in the world. Wow. What a concept. Yeah. <laughs> follow. I mean, give him a follow. Okay. I'm going to do it yeah, soon. Yeah. Uh, maybe here while we're recording this podcast, but also. What a concept to be obsessed with your wife. I can't even imagine. I know. To be that obsessed with. Shows how rare it is. Yeah, welcome to 2018. Woo! Okay. <laughs> so one of the... So she's Serrano. <laughs> yeah. Above and beyond, like, the FOH army, and, like, petty is a word he uses a lot, but another thing he talks a lot about is the idea of shooting your shot. Okay. Like, just on all the time, she's Serrano is like, go shoot your shot today. And then, like, he'll have... He'll retweet people who are like, hey, Shay, I shot my shot, and, like this girl is going to go out with me or like, I got this job that I didn't think I was going to get. And he's always just like, way to go, man. (laughs) So this reader said like, do you have any tips on how to shoot your shot? Because I think it is tougher than just like someone saying like, go out and do that thing you're scared of today. Yeah. Just do it is not enough advice for this. Right. Exactly. So this guy was speaking specifically like in the romantic arena, my favorite arena. So do you have any tips on how to shoot your shot with the ladies? Sure. Um, I think that, the, right, the, the basic piece of advice is to be confident and to go for it, right? But if you walk that back, I think the first important thing to do is to read the room. And read the room is like a, you know, blanket statement, but if it applies specifically to a woman, you need to read her. You need to read how she talks to you, how she interacts with you, and do your best to kind of gauge if you think 
you're getting kind of the same vibe that you're giving off that you're getting. So if you feel a romantic connection with her, do you think she feels it too? And that's not to say that if you don't feel it, you can't shoot your shot. But I think that this is like, if we're laying out advice, that's a good way to start is to see where you think she is at mentally. And then I think if you get that vibe where you're like, oh, I, th- I, I, I think I'm using my best skills of deductive reasoning that this isn't going to be completely out of place, right? And I, Because I think I don't want you to think that if you don't think she's going to say yes, it's not worth doing because that's not what I'm saying. I think you just got to kind of use your reasoning to say, is this, is she going to be offended? Is she going to, is this going to affect a friend group, a work situation, however you might have met this person and then, and then go forward and do it because being rejected is one of the most powerful and I think helpful things that can happen to you in your life. You get rejected from a job, you get rejected by a person you, you know, a proposal that you set forth doesn't get accepted. I mean, all those things, that's how you learn. That's how you adapt. That's how you grow as a person. Like it's the same as being dumped all this stuff. Like it just, it makes you stronger and, uh, stronger going forward. So that's where I'll start. And now you go. Yeah. I, I want to push back and ask you a question about when you say Mm -hmm. read the room and if you feel like you're getting the vibes back, go for it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think with the advent of, like, online dating, I think that the radar for reading the room has gone down. Okay. So I'm curious if this is, like, an in-person situation, which I guess it has to be, right? Yeah. You can't, I mean, shooting your shot online, your art, I mean, just by getting on Bumble or whatever, that's, yeah, you're clearly there to do that. But so let's say it is, like, an in-person situation. If you're not sure, do you think, do you ask somebody, like, do you ask a mutual friend and be like, do you do you get the vibe? Like when me and Susie are like together, like, do you think that she's like into me? Like, do you think it's okay to pull in a third party? Always. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And you know, go to a trusted advisor, especially if this is like, I feel like I keep kind of um, circling back to like work situations, but most of my guy friends have dated women that they've worked with. That's what I will say, like uh, definitively. And some of them still are. And like, I think that's, that's the way a lot of people meet these days when you work in big companies and you spend all your time there. It's natural. But say you're in a friend group, for example, then you want to kind of like, I would pluck out someone who you feel like is trusted and someone who's not a gossip. Mm-hmm. And I think that for that reason, I would more ask, and not to to shit on women, but I would ask one of your guy friends, not one of your women friends, because women get so kind of like, are so chatty and so sort of like sherry about this stuff that you depending on the person might run the risk of her kind of like hinting to this girl, your feelings before you're ready to shoot your shot perhaps. So maybe a guy friend might be a little bit, you might get a more objective opinion and, and feel a little bit safer being like, what do you like? What do you observe as a guy? Like, do you think there's a vibe? Do you think? But if the whole point is that guys aren't always that observant about the vibe, I don't know. I feel like you go to the trusted female. Yeah, but second opinion. I feel check. like, I feel like it's, um, I feel like it's always the second set of eyes, whether they're male or female, because I think you sometimes have trouble reading your own situation, but other people might. Yeah. I guess I just feel like women are more perceptive about that kind of thing. Cause we um, are sort of like yeah. our antenna is more up on in that regard. Yeah. You're probably right. But regardless point is second opinion. It's okay. to Yeah. Ask. I, yeah. So I guess perhaps revise that to say like pick your most trusted person who knows the other person and ask them male or female. And, and because I think that 
hopefully your friend feels that this is a touchy subject and can give you the respect to. And the added bonus of putting it out there to a third party, I actually think like imposes sort of a time limit because then at that point, mm. like you better do something about it. And yeah. that friend is probably going to pester you about it until you do. Yeah. Like, you know, True. because they want the best for you. And if they think that that might make you happy, then they're going to be like, so did you, did you do something about it? Like yeah. there's something kind of nice that like creates accountability and like a sense of urgency. I agree. And don't you think that having to articulate out loud what it is you think and feel will also help you get it right in your head because you can, I mean, it's all like hormones and vibes and feelings. And then when you have to explain how you feel and why you feel that way to someone else, it might help you get a sense of what it is that you're really working with. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. For me, I think it's do it early. I'm like, I either like you right away, like I put my eyes on you and I'm like, boy, yoing, like that's usually what happens <laughs> to me. I'd rather see what like develops quickly because otherwise then it's like, okay, well, if it's not going to work out, then either like, great, let's be friends or I, or like your romantic interest and I actually don't want you as a friend. So like, let's just like put it out there. Yeah. So I, I think for me, like, it's like, be quick about it because when things sort of go tepid or when things like peter out, that's like, way more disappointing. Like I was thinking about this this morning and all of my biggest like romances that didn't happen, disappointments are from nothing more than just like neither of us like being willing to kind of like be like, hey, like yeah. I, I really like you. Can I take you out or like just, mm. you know, whatever. Like I've literally had moments and like I can think super specifically of like three times in high school where like I got into this like a fa- infatuation with a boy. Yeah. And what's interesting is each time it was a guy who was in a younger grade than me. And so I'm wondering if that had something to do with it. But like – I can think of, like, I just call up these very vivid memories of us, like, sitting in a car together or, like, studying together and just, like, electricity between us. Yeah. And then nothing happened because neither of us was willing to take that half step into the other, like, to to say, hey, this is yeah. something I like you. Like, we both were too nervous or whatever it was. And then it, and then it just sort of dried up, whatever yeah. might have been there. And so the biggest disappointment was just that nobody said anything. That's so interesting. And I feel like... When I had this big group of mixed group of girls and guys when I uh, moved back to Seattle after college and there was all this stuff going on and people were dating each other and people were hooking up and I also, but there were a bunch of people in that group who I like look back and wonder and people who I've kind of, who have kind of like come and gone from my life and who have lingered and who have stayed friends. And I feel like this is the thing with friends. Like I don't, it's really hard to know because we, all of us sort of feel doubt. Women feel all kinds of doubt. Like we have intuition whenever we all still feel shy and feel clueless sometimes. Like I look back and wonder at a ton of my guy friends as to whether like I sort of had like a semi crush and I never had any idea if they felt the same way. So nothing ever happened. And like, God, it's left to the universe. Like yeah. who knows what would have happened if one of us had said something or done something. I'm not really sure what could have happened. And I would say if a woman tells you, like, I just don't want to ruin our friendship, she just doesn't like you. Like, women will ruin any fucking friendship for romance because... We have enough friends! We have enough friends! We have girlfriends! But I would blow up a friendship in a hot second for a romance. Yes, 100%. With, exactly, with a guy, you would, if you thought that there was a chance that, like, he was your forever soulmate, future husband... Yeah. You're not going to be like, no, but I just, like, love when we get pizza and, like, I don't want (laughs) to ruin that. Like, no, that's BS. So... 
And that's, I think, and and as you get older also, I feel like you, like, we're in our 30s, so I feel like you feel much more like you want every relationship to live up to its fullest potential, whereas I feel like when you're a bit younger, you feel like there's this kind of, like, elasticity to friendships and relationships, and you feel like the group is so important. So perhaps when you're younger, there is a little bit more fear of, like, rocking the boat in that regard, and I feel like now when you're a little older, you have less of this kind of, like, group mentality, so you feel much more willing to take the risk. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the other thing I would say is like be excited and earnest. I want someone to be like, can I take you out on Tuesday to this place at this time? Not, <laughs> hey, like maybe we should hang out sometime. I'll, I'll text you. Well, amb- ambivalence is the least sexy thing on the planet. Right. So I think that's like a huge key to shooting your shot is to be really specific in the ask. I think that's true in life. Like you need to know what you want and you need to be willing to say it. Yeah. And I think what you don't, but I feel like there's a fear factor if you're like, well, you want to go out, uh, you know, next Tuesday at eight o'clock, can I take you to dinner? And they're like, I'm busy on Tuesday. I feel like it's okay to say, I want to go on a date with you. Would you be interested? I think the word date is important. Yeah, I think hang out, don't lose the girl in ambivalence, right? Like you're trying to move out of murky water, so don't make the ask murky. Mm -hmm. You want to be clear and excited, as you said, excited and earnest. So I think specific, but I feel like you can kind of like, there's a little bit of, I'm doing a weird shoulder movement thing right now. There's (laughs) like, I'm trying to show that there's a little bit of movement in what you can ask. (laughs) Yes. Clarify that you're wanting it to be a date Mm -hmm. and show that you're, making an effort already by saying that you have something in mind. Sure. Maybe saying yeah. Tuesday at 8 is too specific, but... But saying, I want to I take you out on a date for drinks, or I want to take you out on a date to go to this concert, this band we both really like, or this, a dinner, a restaurant we've been, you know, talking about, talking about on Slack for 10 years or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> something like that. What about, and like, let's hope that everyone who takes this advice and goes and shoots their shot, uh-huh. they get a yes, but if they don't, Mm. What tips do you have for getting over a no? Don't get angry. You can't fault people for like honest not returning your feelings. Yeah, and an honest no is better than a half-hearted yes. Like you don't want to go out with someone who felt so be- so weird about you asking them out that they said yes and then they didn't they don't really want to be there. And I, ugh, it could happen. Both of these scenarios could happen because people are weird and people do things and you have to just sort of be malleable to the different situation. You have to be like, you have to be ready to kind of absorb what comes your way. If you get rejected, just, you gotta kind of, I don't know, you feel your feelings. It sucks. Like nobody's saying it isn't the worst to be rejected. I have been rejected in that situation. Like, I don't know, like a quite a few times. <laughs> I have been there with, so if you get the no, like it's going to suck, but you'll be okay. Like another chance will come along. And like, I think it's better to, I think I learned a lot from going through those like horrible rejection experiences. Like (sighs) to your first point, like don't get angry. Like that's such a like, Oh God, disappointing thing that we even have to give as advice. But as men, like like, as women who have experienced men getting mad at us for just us saying like, no, I'd rather be friends because Yeah, because if you're part of a friend group or if you work in the same office and then you ask someone out and she says no and then that turns into you coming becoming like a petty monster in the group, becoming a petty monster at work, like 
like um, ignoring her or being sly comments or excluding her from group texts, yeah, excluding her from group hangs, like yeah, passive aggressive, like bad behavior as sort of like punishment. That's a really bad look. Yeah. I would say the other thing is obviously, yes, not get angry, but also maybe take a step back and look at your full approach. Like don't just look at the, the actual ask, but look at how you were acting around her prior to you deciding to ask her out, right? Like, mm-hmm. were you acting confident? Were you acting flirty? Were you acting friendly? Like, she might have placed you in the friend zone because you were sort of um, timid around her or, you know, awkward, right? Yeah. And so it might be a good time to really step back and look at your full approach in terms of how you act around women that you're attracted to. Like, don't look at just crossing the finish line of asking her on a date as your full mating right like it was like the build-up doesn't matter right like it's all don't say the build-up right like the it's not just the um the ask right exactly so yes you can like think about how to refine your ask for next time but also think about am I giving off the vibes of this is someone who I'm like physically interested in am I giving off the vibes of someone that is confident that if I asked a woman out, she would say yes? Or am I giving off the vibes of someone who's like, oh, no one would ever go out with me? Like, because if that's, if that's sort of your pattern, you know, of getting rejected or of shooting your shot and getting no's, like, it can't just be about that, like, last mile. You have to right. the whole race. Before you even shoot your shot, maybe test the waters with these pre-actions that um, you might be able to look back on in hindsight. Like, Try the, like, try a little bit of flirting. Yeah. See about, like, eye contact type stuff, like, physical touch, if any of that is in play. And, like, because women will give you the look. Like, yes. there's a look in someone's eye that, like, will let you know that there's sort of an understanding. And the way she mentions or brings up, like, hanging out in a group of people or uh, grabbing a drink or, like, any of these things, like – if you guys have previously like gotten after work drinks that have just been after work drinks, like, I don't know. I mean, so then, so yeah, so walk it back a little bit before you go for this big move. If you feel like you've got the time, you can like hang back a little bit and see how she reacts to smaller cues before you make your big move. And that doesn't even mean like, we're not talking about a, you know, three month no approach, like a week, a, a week. week. Yeah, exactly. It's just be on the lookout for the cues before you make your big ask. We can't dismiss all of the sort of like digital stuff that comes into play, like texting. Sure, it's hard to read tone in texting, but also it's not that hard. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like there's emoji, there's uh, the use of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Punctuation. Oh like my all gosh. this stuff and yeah. all these, we all read into that stuff. Guys read into it, girls read into it. So how quickly they reply to your text. Uh-huh. Pay attention to all of that. And the, like, the level of detail that people sort of supply in texting. Like, if people are short with you via text, like, here's your sign. Like, that's, you know, so look out for all of that stuff. Like, everything yeah. kind of, like, comes into play a little bit. Um, Instagram likes. I don't know. All of that stuff. Yes. It matters. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then be confident and say, I really like you. Yeah. I would like to go out on a date with you. And don't do it in the DMs. Do it in person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. And not over text. Don't do it over text. I think with this first... This is an in-person, face-to-face ask. Yeah, I like it. And no more than one cocktail deep, I would say, also, because you want to have the genuine – you don't want someone to look back it. and be like, was this person drunk? Yeah, they ask me out. 
yeah, be excited. Do it early enough in the game that there's not confusion over, like, oh, but we're just friends. Yeah. Like, yeah. And in in the lead-up to shooting your shot, flirt. Mm -hmm. Like, flirt. Flirt. Do it. Yes. Other Like, don't blindside them. Yeah. Yeah, flirting is so important in in making sure that the signals are there. And, of course, again, if you get the no, turn the flirting machine off. Yeah, especially if that. you have to work with them. Like, keep the friendship the machine friendship on. Group. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, mm. I hope that helped. I, I hope so. Did it? I think we gave some tangible tips. Yeah, I hope so. Me too. Because I feel like it's so often the worst thing here being like, <laughs> oh, men, when they do this, that, and the other. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to make guys scared to ask people out. No, I think we're just trying to provide, like, realistic tips, which is to just be self-aware and also be confident. All right. And with that, it's time for hot takes. Can I go first? Because yes, I have please. this in the outline, and I just copy and pasted it, and it did that thing where it was, like, it's, like, bigger font, and yeah. it just... Just the headline makes me laugh so much. <laughs> so I saw this on Twitter this morning. Um, it was a retweet from Towel Road, which is like the gay gawker. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's about Marc Jacobs, who's like the fashion designer. Yeah. I think people know who Marc Jacobs is, right? He's right? a fashion designer. He's yeah. Like a, he like started kind of like in a grunge way. And I feel like if you ever had a girlfriend in 2009, <laughs> you probably bought her a gift that was marked by Marc Jacobs. Yes. This is the headline that I saw this morning. It made me laugh so much. Mark Jacobs proposed to his boyfriend at Chipotle with the help of a flash mob. So <laughs> there's so much to unpack there. I'm obsessed with the idea of this. I literally, like, I think there's a video. I'm going to watch it a million times. So the person that retweeted on Twitter said, guac is extra and so is this. And I <laughs> died laughing. I think that... First of all, I love a flash mob viral proposal video. That one from Home Depot where the guy saying Betty Who to like his boyfriend. Uh, I, I loved know, but it. That was like four years ago. I don't care. I loved it. <laughs> and I think there's something so funny about the idea of Mark Jacobs, who's like this very hip, cool New Yorker, sure. doing something so silly. basic and silly and, and like main, mainstream. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I think that that goes back to. I mentioned the idea of being earnest, like, in the tips about shooting your shot. And I really like when people just enjoy stuff. Me too. Like, I know me that too, I just too, spent, like, this entire podcast, like, shitting on a bunch of, like, whatever. But, like, I really just like when people are like, I just really like this thing. Wait, okay. And also, this reminds me of a thing that I retweeted yesterday, which was, like, a funny picture of, like, I don't know. Maybe it was a Pokemon. But it had, like, text on it <laughs> that said, disliking popular stuff doesn't make you cool. Yeah. Or interesting. Maybe it was like disliking popular stuff doesn't make you interesting. And it doesn't. So like if Mark Jacobs really likes Chipotle, like if like him or his or his fiance really likes Chipotle, like that's yeah. like their favorite thing to yeah. do is like Maybe order they, like, Chipotle. Maybe they go there after the gym and get like burrito like, bowl. Yeah, exactly. If that's a thing that is special and fun for them and integral to their relationship in some very sort of mundane but lovely way, then amazing. And if yeah, maybe his yeah. boyfriend saw that you know, Betty Who Home Depot video too and was just like, made some offhand comment one day that was like, that's actually really nice. And then maybe Mark Jacobs tucked that away in his brain and then when the time came for him to be like, I want to propose, maybe he was like, I know what would be perfect. Like, it's just so sweet and small and lovely Yeah, that I just, I can't get over how much I'm obsessed with, like, the idea of this. Well, yeah, because I think anytime you hear about a super, like, a kind of over-the-top but incredibly earnest 
proposal or um, just any sort any of gesture. like um, gesture, grand gesture, right? You're just sort of like, you got to give it to the people for doing it because effort is amazing and being bold with your feelings is amazing. And like just doing something like this, I feel like it's it's just so funny and sweet and yes. hilarious. Yes. I love it. Yes. I know. It's And it's funny because it's so not my style. Like I would... That, right. I would not like that. <laughs> I will just say that. But he must have assumed that his boyfriend would. And I mean, I, I'm guessing he said yes. Like, I, yeah. he probably did. Yeah, exactly. So, it's, I, I mean, Mark Jacobs probably did a good job of reading what his boyfriend, now fiancé, would find amazing and, like, memorable for a lifetime. Whereas you want your boyfriend, fiancé, to be able to put that into play in your own situation, which would be the opposite of yeah. The Chipotle flash mob. Whatever the opposite of a Chipotle <laughs> flash mob proposal is, that's yeah. what I want. Yeah. Is yours like, remember that moment in Stepmom when he proposes by tying a string to her finger when she's laying in bed and then he slides the ring down the string like onto her hand wow, while like giving that. this like soliloquy about how much he loves her to Julia Roberts? I don't remember that. I think about this all the time. I don't know why. I liked that movie. Stepmom. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah, that's... But something intimate at home and, like, maybe involving, like, a a monologue of their love to you. I don't know which is (laughs) less embarrassing of a reference, but what I think about is when John Stamos (laughs) proposed to Rebecca Romaine of MTV's, like, fourth House of Style iteration um, with... They were, like... I don't know. I remember reading an interview. They were, like, in bed, and he took a cigar wrapper... Like a like the little yeah, yeah. ring wrapper, mm-hmm. um, and put that on her finger. Oh and wow! Like that. I liked that. I you know I think the idea is yeah something small. It's amazing I guess that you bed, apparently. remember that. That well, you remember the stepmom thing. Oh no, it's a movie. It's on TV all the time. I don't feel like anybody's like replaying like the John Stamos proposal <laughs> like on TV on TBS on a Sunday when you like lay down. And you're like, I guess I'll watch this again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just like stuck in my head. Do you know which? Do we know which Chipotle it was? Was it in Manhattan? Probably. You think? I mean, it must have been right. In my mind, a flash mob has to happen at like a freestanding Chipotle with a parking lot outside that's like <laughs> off of like a really like busy street. We'll find the link. We'll put it in the in the episode in the show in the notes. notes. In the show notes. Yeah, exactly. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> if we remember, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so my hot take is just like be excited and enthusiastic and earnest about stuff. <laughs> if that's like. Not even if that's your thing. Just, like, be excited about stuff. Because it's not cool to not be excited. Oh, I just feel like being smug is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And, like, and Mark Jacobs has always struck me as kind of smug. Like, he has always seemed too cool for school. Well, once he lost all that weight. Right. So, good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Love it. What's your hot take, Taylor? Okay, my hot take is um, also, like, super endearing and earnest. My hot take's name... Is Sam Barsky. Okay, your hot take as a person. My hot take as a person, um, I would look him up immediately as we were saying this on Instagram. His name is Sam Barsky Knitter, K-I-N-I-K-N-I-T-T-E-R. He is an artistic knitter, and he's kind of like having a viral moment right now because this guy, he he knits these sweaters of mostly of scenery, and then he goes and stands in front of that scenery. So if you look on his Instagram, this is the most amazing thing. And he's just like... A guy. He's like kind of balding. He's got glasses. He's maybe like he's got a little bit of a belly and he's got this amazing smile. And he does like a knitted sweater of a beautiful road with like mountains and stuff and then takes a selfie of himself standing on the road that he knit. 
a selfie of a boat standing in, or you know, knits a boat, stands in front of a boat. Um, oh, well, knits, also- knits flamingos at the zoo into a sweater and then wears that sweater at the zoo. We'll also, we'll put a picture of this, of this as well, but something I want to call out is that they're short sleeve sweaters and that somehow makes every it single more one. adorable. Every single one is a short sleeve sweater. Oh wait, no. Oh, false. Here is a long sleeve sweater. I feel like he's probably feeling a sense of urgency in that it takes yeah. less time to make the sweaters if they're short sleeve and he's like having such a fun viral moment that he's <laughs> got to keep turning out these sweaters. Build a sweater tank soon. I find this to be so endearing because I just like love a viral fashion moment that like it just is like nothing but like heart, right? Like there's nothing but just you just got to be like this is so sweet and endearing and funny and like how fun for this guy that like he's having this moment of uh, adoration. Yeah. Yeah. For these sweaters because they really are, I mean, I don't know how to knit. Nope. Knitting looks hard to me. Mm -hmm. And knitting these kind of intricate scenes. But he must make the whatever models for himself right like you're Uh, not buying a pattern of that so and it looks like he also at one point knit himself an african animal sweater and then knit his wife a matching dress oh he's married how cute is that we're looking at the picture right now and it's um they're at the maryland zoo and oh my god it's too much it's so cute um i thought he was british i that's really sweet he's got a dot com not dot dot uk so um it's yeah, he's adorable. I I think I learned about him when the uh, editor in chief of InStyle, who I love, Laura Brown, she Instagrammed something about it, and then yeah. I think it kind of took off from there. Exactly. And yeah, he just he like looks proud of himself, but also just sort of like he's having a good time. Yeah, and you yeah. know who's not going to tell you to knit a sweater and wear it in front of a place because it makes you happy? Artificial intelligence. <laughs> that is personal style. That is doing your own thing. That is expressing your true self through what you wear. And that's why AI, I think, will never replace people wearing what they like and and create and creating it for yeah. themselves. <laughs> Way to bring it full circle, Taylor. That's my job. All right, that's our episode for this week. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you haven't yet, go rate and review us on iTunes. We should be in all of your major yeah. podcasts. Subscribe, ears. do all the things. Click subscribe. It makes a difference. Oh, we're working on getting. Uh, in Spotify. So that's something that hopefully will be uh, in there soon enough because I know that's how a lot of people listen to their podcast too. Ah, Love Spotify. Yeah. All right. Till next week, guys. Bye. See you soon. Bye.